Episode 16 of No One Asked Us. Uh, it's a beautiful Monday night here um, as we record this show. Logan Lee, Craig Choate, um, follow us on our various social media platforms. Um, those will be in the in the description. Um, as I said, we're recording this on Monday night. Craig, how was your weekend? Do anything productive? Uh, kind of. I walked a 5K. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's took, exciting. Took me like exactly an hour to walk to 5K. Wow. Yep. Did you take your dog? No, no. <laughs> uh, it was a little It was a little warm for Lola, the, our old one. And we're still waiting on the final round of shots for Onyx. So um, Vet has said not to take him to dog parks or anywhere that other dogs, a lot of other dogs might have been. So he stayed home. Um, but yeah, walked walk my first 5k on Sunday morning. So really your first 5k. Yeah. yeah. What are you? 31, 32. Yes. And you yep. just now participated in your first 5k. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I've done a lot, but I just feel <laughs> like even I have done at least a couple of 5ks. No, no, not my thing. Um, you do yeah. probably 5ks on the golf course, but that's true. That's true. But I haven't walked a round of golf like since high school. So <laughs> actually that's funny because I'm in the market for a new golf bag. And I was I just by habit, I was looking at the ones that ha- like you put down and have the little stand, the legs that kick out. I'm like, I don't need that. I'm never gonna walk a round of golf again in my life. Cause they make separate bags for right. that fit on the cart. So I'm like, I need a cart bag now. But but yeah, that's so- about what I did this weekend. A couple weeks ago, you were in the market for a new golf course to play yeah. at, and yeah. now you're in the market for a new golf bag. Just whatever. Is there is there anything you're not in the market for when no. it comes to golf? Do you have your mm. shoes? Do you need a new pair of uh, shoes? I got shoes last year. Mm. Okay. I, got, I got that taken care of last year. Um, I got a new putter for Christmas, so I'm good there. Um, yeah, it's just the finding a place to golf and finding a cart or a bag now. I'm, I'm just, I'm happy that you're, you're able to do that really am. I haven't golfed in a long time. Wasn't good at, I wasn't very good at from, from the beginning. Um, I remember there was one time I drove the golf cart into a bush and wrecked it, uh, with my dad. Um, I went to top golf last summer. So, I mean, if that counts for something, I guess, but anyway, uh, enough of that. Uh, a few things we want to talk about this week, nothing of like big immediate importance really uh, most of our big news kind of subjects all really happened like last week um, so we're a little late to the party on talking about them but they're important things that you and I at least uh, wanted to get out there and, and talk about a little bit um, first off a big a few big things happened last week I think the biggest though was probably the announcement from coach K uh, out of the Duke program that uh, coach K is going to be calling it quits at the end of this upcoming basketball season. Uh, this, of course, coming on the heels of Roy Williams announcing that um, he's just he's done, period. Last season was his last year. Uh, now, Coach K in very Coach K fashion is going to get a um, farewell tour out of the mix. Um, were you shocked when you heard the announcement? What was the most surprising thing to you about the Coach K thing? My quote t- tweet was, it's about damn time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's very similar to Roy Williams. He's just, he's not up with today's day and age of college athletics. Um, And it's, it's kind of shown he's tried to do the one and done thing. And I don't know that he's been very successful at it. Um, I mean, he's bringing in talent, bringing in the best players in the country. It's just not working for him at Duke. Um, and then with the right. transfer portal, and, and I think it was kind of touched on in his retirement uh, press conference, you know, it's just the transfer portal and the one and done and now name, image and likeness and, and all of this stuff are changing the college athletics landscape. And Coach K is just, he's just not, not fit for it. So um, not surprised whatsoever. Um, and I, I, I've really soured on Coach K the last four or five years with some of the stuff he's done. Um and we can get into that if we want, but um, he, he's just, he's a little out of touch, I think of, of the coming age of college athletics. So for him to, to realize that 
I mean, if they have a coach in place, I don't see why they just don't move on to it now. And Coach K can just hang it up now. But yeah. um, he, he wants one more year. Yeah, well, I, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, and, and we'll touch on that. They do have a coach in place, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but what I heard him say in an interview or something um, was along the lines of he wants to do another year but they got the coach in place so that you can go ahead and start that recruiting process. Yeah. You know, from his standpoint, he doesn't want to be, you know, involved in those recruiting meetings and, you know, visits and stuff with, if he knows he's not going to be the person that players head coach next season. So uh, no, I agree with you. Uh, It's not really a shock at this point. Um, I mean, the man is, is what he's 74 years old, 75, 74 years old. Um, it, it's a, it's a different era. I, I don't think coaches were coaching that long, um, you know, that long ago. Um, so, you know, him and Roy and, you know, a few others are obviously they've been, been in the game for a while. So it was, it was just a matter of time uh, before this happened. I agree. I mean, the whole giving himself another year thing. Um, I mean, whatever he's going to get a, get a chance to go out and people are going to be able to clap for him or boo him or whatever they want to do as he visits, you know, all the schools in the ACC, at least there'll be fans, you know, from that perspective, that could be a thing. I I mean, taking all things considered, you know, just being able to do, do have one more season with fans in attendance, you know, anybody would enjoy that. I'm not, that's not necessarily just a, you know, somebody that loves the attention type of thing. Yeah. Um, so that could, that could play a part in it too, but either way, um, coach K is going to be calling a quiz at the end of this upcoming season. Uh, as of right now, he's, uh, I believe his coaching wins is like just under 1100. I think it's, I think I saw, um, so obviously we'll add, he'll add to that. And, and just like every year, I mean, he's going to be, he's going to have a chance to win another national title. Will it happen? Who knows? I mean, they're not going to be the favorite by any means. I think that's going to have Gonzaga's neighbor and all over it, but yeah. It's Duke. And they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll certainly be in, in conversation, at least at the beginning of the season, how it plays out, who knows, but um, either way uh, this season will be the last for coach K. So at the end of this year, both coach K and Roy Williams will be out of the ACC. So uh, that's definitely going to, going to be a little different. Um, you know, we've already talked about uh, and the, the, uh, Roy Williams stuff has been out for a little while now. We've already yeah. known that the Hubert Davis is going to take over that program. Um the, the announcement, though, oh, go ahead. It's a unique time in college basketball. I mean, yeah, Duke, UNC, Indiana, um, UCLA has a very recently hired new coach. Like, yeah. it, there, there's just a lot of new faces. And no, it's a, a bunch of the programs that for the last decade, decade, two decades, three decades, you've been like, all right, when this person leaves, is the program going to be able to sustain it? Is it a, is it a good program? Or is it a good coach leading the program? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of those questions have been answered for Indiana. I think Indiana is <laughs> a place that needs to have the right pl- yeah. person in place to be successful. So yeah. we're going to see about Duke and North Carolina, um, if it's a program thing or or if it's a head coach thing. And Coach K is 1,097 wins and 302 losses. Yeah. It's crazy. No, can you, I – uh, spell Krzyzewski? No. No. K. <laughs> K. I, no, I, I couldn't, you know, there was probably a time where, when I was doing a lot of sporkle that I probably yeah. had to type it in several times, but even on those, I think they would let you type in coach, coach K, K and yeah. it would take it. Yeah. Um, but no, I, off the top of my head, I would not have been able to spell <laughs> coach K. Um, no, but you, you mentioned, you know, the, the landscape and how it, you know, it's going to look different with some of these teams. I think this past season was already started in an indication of that just because a lot of these, you know, blue blood schools weren't really having the greatest of seasons. Now UCLA didn't, did end up, you know, having a great run um, in the tournament, but Kentucky was down. Carolina was down. Duke was down. Not that that's necessarily a one-to-one correlation as to what specifically we're talking about, but I think it's interesting that, you know, some of those things are kind of happening. You know, Kansas had a, you know, a decent year for Kansas, but it's not like they were yeah. a favorite at any point really this season either. So um, yeah, it's definitely going to be different. Um, we're going to, and as you said, we're going to definitely going to find out um, probably really quick um, if those yeah. programs are about the program or, or if it is the head coach um, it's probably both. If, if I'm given, you know, if I'm being honest, I think it's probably a little bit of both, 
I think both Mike Krzyzewski and Roy, Roy Williams are two of the best coaches in all of college basketball and all the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I certainly think there's something to that, but yeah, the landscape of the game has changed. And with the transfer portal and everything else you talked about, you know, these guys that are in their seventies, it's time to move on. You know, we had the conversation a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week about Tony Larusa and the game of baseball, similar concept. Just, yep. But at least Coach K has been in the game this whole time. He, yep. He's been coaching ever since. You know, it's not like yep. he stepped stepped away for a decade and then came back. But yeah. either way, uh, you know, uh, I don't really have positive or negative feelings towards the matter one way or the other. Um, you know, it, it was it was an an inevitable thing. Um, they did name their their replacement though. John Shire um, is going to take over the program. Uh, an Illinois boy. Uh, mm-hmm. to uh, Glenbrook South North um, Glenbrook North uh, John Shire but he's been one of Coach K's top assistants for the last few years had a good career at Duke um, so we'll have to see you know it's it's going to be interesting um, to see what happens there but they obviously wanted to get that in place so that uh, you know he's ready to take over as soon as they you know they start recruiting everything they know the recruits know you know this is going to be your head coach next year so um, I know you're definitely more of a Carolina guy. Yeah. Um, how, what are your feelings towards John Shire, the player? And how do you feel like John Shire, the coach is going to, uh, handle the, the pressure of being in charge of the Duke men's basketball program? I don't, I didn't have a John, a problem with John Shire as a player. Um, little bit of a grudge because I think Illinois was the runner up in the recruitment for him or they were right yeah. there. So um, but when he, when you go to the ACC, I mean, I don't think Illinois ever crossed paths with John Shire in college. So he's just one of those guys that plays for Duke. So you kind of like to hate him, but, um, but yeah, I, I had no issues with Shire. I think it's a, it's a good choice. Um, I don't want to say it's a good choice. It's, uh, it makes sense, um, for Duke because he has been there he does not have any head coaching experience and Duke is one of, if not the best head coaching jobs out there. So they're going with a guy with no experience. So it's a little risky, I think. Um, But he's been under coach K who might be the best college basketball coach ever. So he's learned from him for a long time. So if anyone's prepared to take over Duke, I think it would be John Shire. So, um, and I think it was important to get someone that went to Duke to uh, lead the program because they know, how things are run and how coach K became so successful. So I was looking at their season by season. They've only had two final fours since 2004. Now they won the national championship, both of those times. But I, when I think of Duke, I think of a lot more final fours over the last, what is that? 17 years, 18 years. Um, So I I just thought that was interesting when I was going through Duke's season by season here, but um but yeah, uh, Shire should be should be okay. Unless we'll have he, to see. Unless he comes in and takes all the Chicago kids. Yeah, that's certainly <laughs> a possibility. Um, obviously, having that connection, as I just mentioned, and we don't really need to touch on the Illinois situation right now because there's really nothing to update you on. But not a thing. Um, that certainly doesn't help uh, the matter that uh, Illinois still doesn't have a third assistant coach. Um, and then Duke just hired their head coach to be, who is a Chicago kid. So uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Um, but either way, coach K, this will be his last season. John Shire takes over next year. Um, so that is where we stand with that. Um, going to stick with college sports, going to move to Illinois stuff a little bit here. Not really about the coaching situation. Um, just because as I said, there's really nothing to report, but the big news that came out of the athletic program or really the state of Illinois last week um, was that the state of Illinois passed uh, the name, name, image, and likeness um, bill or whatever uh, that's, you know, going to support um, college athletes being able to monetize themselves. Um, essentially is what that means. This has been something that's kind of been in the works for a while. Other states have, have gotten to it. Um, Illinois is certainly not the first and they won't be the last state to pass this. So there's a lot of, you know, roadblocks still to go and a lot of confusion as to how this whole thing works. Um, but essentially this is the, you know, this is going to allow um, college athletes to profit off of themselves. Um, they're not turning, they're not professional, but they can, you know, make money for being them by, you know, 
jersey sales and and whatever the case may be. Um, this has for a while, and we can talk about the specifics of what this means, but this has for a while been my biggest issue with college sports. And I've said this for the last few years. Um, people have asked and people have said they should pay college athletes and you know all this stuff. And and I get that argument. Um, but I have all I have said for the last, you know, however many years that this is the first step. Mm-hmm. College athletes need to make money off of who they are more so than we should be able to pay them. It's hard to justify how much you pay the star quarterback versus how much you pay the star swimmer. It, you can't necessarily monetize that. So I don't believe that there should be any sort of colleges need to be paying the athletes. But this is a start that the athletes can now profit off of, off of their likeness, off of their name. Um, they can make money off of Jersey sales. You know, this will eventually lead into something with the, the college football video games that they're supposed to be bringing back here soon. Um, things that just haven't, they haven't been able to do for as long as amateur athletics have been a thing. Um, so Illinois passed that uh, this past week. And then the U of I, you know, put out a statement supporting it. Um, and I know a lot of, a lot of people were, you know, were excited about this. A lot of athletes were excited about this. Um, kind of what was, what's your take on this? Uh, obviously it's exciting. I'm assuming you feel the same way, uh, that I do about this. Um, did you read into it any more than that? Yeah, I read a lot into it the last couple of days. Cause I figured we were going to talk about it. I kind of had it in our rundown. So I wanted to, to be up to date. Um, and my view on this has actually changed in the last couple of years. I used to be very much like these kids are getting their school paid for, uh, free education while everyone else is leaving college and all this massive debt. These, these kids are getting taken care of with that and housing and all that. And then I, once I got more involved, not involved with college athletics, but more in the know um, with my job up here um, in, in TV and, and kind of talking to some people at the university, I, it, it quickly switched like, all right, yeah, the, these players, athletes need, need to be represented better and make a little uh, money for themselves. Um, they're, they do so much for the university. They bring so much money into the university that, that they, they need to be um, taken care of. And, and this is, like you said, the, a great first step. Now, there are a lot of layers to this. Neither of us are experts in this. Um, but on the surface, um, it, it's pretty simple um, of how this is going to work. You know, the best example is, you know, I, I read a, I think it was a USA Today article today that, that outlined it really well. I think it was written in late May. So it's pretty up to date. It didn't have the Illinois stuff in it because that just happened this week, but, um, but it, it was really well done. Um, they used the example of, you know, an athlete, um, or, or I think it was an energy drink brand asking an athlete, you know, hey, take a picture with our product posted on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all your social media pages. And you can make a little money. Basically, college athletes can become social media influencers is basically what I think the consensus is for the most likely use of this name, image, and likeness. Um, so you could see Trent Frazier drinking a Red Bull and posting it and, and making a little money off of it. Um, they had a lot of good stats on there. I got them all written down. So I'm going to be scrolling through here. Um, um, Temple University did a study, this was also in the USA Today article, that Trevor Lawrence had the highest valued Instagram account among college athletes. Do you want to guess on what that annual value of his Instagram was? I wouldn't even know where to begin. $331,272. I would have guessed higher, but okay. <laughs> Still, that, well, well, a lot that's of money. Just, that's just his Instagram. I mean, yeah. you got to think he's got a lot of followers on Twitter too. All these yeah. uh, Instagram and Twitter are like the two things for the college kids and TikTok, I guess. Um, so yeah, I think social media is kind of the consensus of where most of of this is gonna, um, most of the money is gonna get made. Uh, you touched on other states have done this. Illinois is the fifteenth state to pass some sort of NIL legislation. Um, Alabama, Florida, or wait, no. Yeah, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, and New Mexico um, are the first five that are in the latest stages of it. Um, 
California and Colorado's are going to take effect January, January 1st of 2023 Um, for Illinois here. If the governor signs the bill, um, it could take effect on July 1st here in less than a month. Um, But the governor still has to sign it. Another thing I thought was cool about this is the bill was sponsored by two state representatives. One was Cam Buckner. The other one was Napoleon Harris. People in Champaign might know Cam Buckner. He played football for Illinois and Napoleon Harris played football for Northwestern. So they're both former college athletes in Illinois. So they've been through all of this and they know exactly how this is working. So um, that's some of the nuts and bolts that, that I saw. Um, like you said, Illinois was fully supportive of it. Um, the athletic department put out a statement, Brett Underwood put out a statement, Brett Bielema put out a statement, and they've actually started a partnership with, um, and Bielema mentioned it in his statement, our partnership with Open Doors and Illinois Influence Program will put our student athletes in the best position to build their brands and maximize their potential in this new era. So Illinois was preparing for this, and they have been since Bielema took over. I think I think the influence program was started after Bielema took over. So they knew this was coming and they're making sure that they have their athletes um, in the best position to benefit from this. And that's great. I mean, that's obviously knowing ahead of time that it's coming and it was likely going to happen eventually. Um, but I, I just think it's, I think it's great. I think this is, you know, as I said, this is something that I've kind of been in support of for a while. Not that my opinion really mattered. Um, but I just, I just felt for the last, probably since I was in college, I think probably getting to know athletes then and stuff. Yeah. I just, I just, I've always felt that they should be able to profit off themselves. And I thought that, yeah. I just think that's ridiculous that they can't. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, as you mentioned, there's a lot of layers to this thing uh, and we're not going to get into all of it and we don't really understand all of it and don't expect us to understand all of it, but there's just certain things that, you know, Trent Frazier can't do that some engineering student at the U of I can do yeah. strictly because who he is and who this other person is. Like, I just don't think that's fair. Um, and I understand. I'm, I'm pretty under- sure that like he could get in trouble if me or you saw him out and like bought lunch for him. Right. Like, like the school could get in trouble because someone right. bought his lunch. Like exactly. that doesn't make any sense. There's a no, lot. No, it doesn't. That doesn't make sense about that. And I mean, I've always used the example, I don't even know if it's totally accurate, but I, and I heard the story once at one point, like somebody said, if somebody were to have a bake sale on campus and to advertise it as Trent Frazier's bake sale, yeah, that that's, that's a no, no, but somebody in the engineering school or whoever did the same thing. They posted on their Instagram come do this they don't care about this other person but if it's the famous person that's famous because of the basketball team yeah then that's like i don't know i i've always felt a little iffy about some of these things yeah um and this is just this is just the first step but it's a huge step yeah um that the state of illinois is going to be trending this direction um one thing we need to talk about though with this is if illinois is recruiting a kid Right. That's and, what I was gonna say. Oh, yeah. sorry. sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. If Illinois is recruiting Logan Lee from Oakwood to be a star quarterback and Indiana, wait, let me make sure Indiana is not on this list. And Indiana is recruiting him as well to come across the border. Well, Illinois has got name, image, and likeness yep. where, Hey, Logan, you know, we, we can, you can make some money for yourself just by posting on Instagram here and Indiana can't that's an unfair recruiting advantage. So as more States like Illinois and Alabama and Florida and all these States, as more starts approving this and signing these bills and passing these laws, the NCAA is going to have to put out some blanket rules here and say, Mm -hmm. all right, everyone can do this Mm -hmm. or else you're going to run into that where Illinois is going to tell whoever their top target is like, Hey, we got name and image and likeness here. This other school that you just visited, that's your top choice. They don't, you can't get money from that, that school going there. So that's going to be really, that's got to be something to watch for because that is very, that's an uneven playing field right there. Yeah. 
no, I, I agree. That's, that's the biggest thing right now with it. Cause as you said, there are only 15 States that have, you know, gotten this far in the process. So, um, there's still quite a bit more to go, um, with that. Um, and I guess, you know, I don't really know where they go from here. Um, but either way, I, I think it's just, I think it's tremendous that they can get to that point um and and make some money because i think that's going to be huge yeah. for them there it's going to be an advantage at least for a little bit the ncaa you mentioned um i feel i've felt the last few years that the ncaa is just not quite moving with the times a little bit i think yeah. things are changing um and they're not they haven't been as willing to um roll with the punches um you know they've been a that's an institution that's been functioning the way it is for several years and it's worked well for them and they make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but they have to realize now that this isn't going to be all about that yeah. and they're going to have to find a way to make everybody happy or else things are yeah. going to get really bad really quick. Yeah. I think. I think the, the, the athletes that you think will benefit first are football and men's basketball, but something interesting I saw in the USA today um article was that and i'm reading word for word from usa today so i make sure i credit them here during this year's march madness eight of the 10 most followed basketball players in the elite eight were women connecticut phenom Paige beckers had more than twice as many followers on instagram as tw and twitter as the most followed male player jalen suggs and there was a female athlete from a non-mainstream sport oregon softball player Haley cruz has over a million combined followers on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. So yeah. female athletes could very well make some bank yeah. advertising themselves here. So it's yeah. it's great for everyone. It if really you have is. A, if you have a social media presence at all, uh, you're going to be successful. Yeah. No, it's, it's tremendous. And it's not just, as you said, it's not just the football team and the men's basketball team. It's, it's anybody um, that's going to be able to do this. Um, I love it. I, I love that Illinois got to that point. Uh, I hope that, uh, you know, the other 35 states get there too here soon. Yeah. Um, or at least start to force the NCAA to, to make some changes, but um, that's great. I love it. And I can't wait to see what comes of this because I think it's, it's about time. Yeah. That's just kind of my, my take on it. It's about yeah. time. And, and I know we're still a long ways away from it fully affecting it, but I loved college football video games. So if we can actually eventually start getting, uh, well, we know that's coming back, but eventually if we can actually start getting, you know, real players as opposed to, you know, generic players without names. Uh, QB number two. Is, yeah, QB two. Uh, get us one step closer. So I got, I got the uh, college football revamp. So I'm, I know. I'm okay know. right now. <laughs> I know. How's that going for you? Have I haven't touched played that in a while. Since, not yeah. since the show came out. No. Yeah, I've wanted to do that, but uh, I unfortunately did not have the exact copy of the game I needed. Um, we're going to move on to uh, the other big basketball news that came out of last week. The, the NBA playoffs are are going on, and we can touch on some of that. I know Craig's sons um, were uh, victorious to advance past uh, LaFlop um, <laughs> and the Lakers. First time, uh, first time ever. But I was happy to see LeBron lose. LeBron's been my favorite player since he got to the league. But my sons. Your sons. Knocked him out. Your sons. When's that <laughs> Suns banner coming? Uh, we need I a Chelsea know. banner. We need a Suns banner. It's all got to get there. Chelsea t-shirt's coming. Not, oh, great. Not a, ba okay. not a banner. But. Okay. Well, the other big news to come out of the NBA last week was the news out of Boston. Uh, that uh, Danny, Age is, Danny Age is stepping down um, as the – president or whatever uh of the boston celtics and that brad stevens the head coach of the celtics will be moving into that role uh and they will then fill stevens position with a new head coach craig i know you're not a celtics fan obviously you're a <laughs> Suns fan what do you what are your thoughts on this were you a little taken aback? Because I'm pretty sure the entire basketball world was a little taken aback yeah. by this news. What were yeah. your thoughts? It all happened so fast. It did. 
<laughs> it happened. It, did. it all happened within like a 30 minute span. Like Danny Ainge might step down. Oh, Danny Ainge is stepping down. Oh, Brad Stevens is stepping up like in 30 minutes, all of that. So yeah. it was very much like a lot at once. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Um, just because you're a good head coach doesn't mean you're good at putting a team together. So, and maybe he had influence on Ainge and the decisions before this happened, but if he did, it's obviously not working. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a lot of NBA inner, inner workings of the NBA, but Brad Stevens is a good head coach. Like we, it was just a couple of weeks ago that you asked, is Steve Kerr a good coach? And I was like, well, you don't really need to do much in the NBA, but I think Stevens is one of the few that was, is a good coach. So I don't know. It, it was weird to me that he went to the NBA from college in the first place. Um, I honestly was shaking in my boots that he was going to come to Indiana um, just to come back, you know, but the whole Butler thing and, yeah. you know, Celtics yeah. wasn't working. So, all right, Indiana's open. I'm going to go. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Indiana's back. Um, so, I don't know. He, he's, in my eyes, he's a college coach. So, an NBA front office doesn't really call Brad Stevens to me. But, again, I'm not as plugged into the NBA as as some. Let me ask you this. And this is, I mean, I've heard this tossed around as a possibility as to why I don't know that it's true but my question to you is do you think it is less draining and less taxing yes to be a president or a GM or whatever his role is going to be of an NBA team more so than a head coach I would think so um I don't know that that's the thought process but it's possible um yeah I, the, I would think it it's definitely less stressful maybe there was some sort of conversation that took place that he said i'm not really happy and yep. but what else is he gonna do and yep. so i don't know again i haven't heard that um I, I don't know anything i have zero connections to that story at all uh but like that's just the only thing that really makes sense to me um because I think there are definitely more people out there that are more experienced than him at that type of role. Um, I believe the GM from the thunder is like from Boston. Yeah. And I, I don't know, like, I just, I don't totally know everything. And I, I don't know that anybody really knows the whole story. Um, But I just, I just wonder if maybe that has something to do with it. You know, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a rough 18 months for a lot of people in a lot of ways especially if you were in the NBA and you went to go live in a bubble for however many months and weren't around your family. And then you go into this crazy season where everything was, you know, crammed into just a few months and you weren't, I don't know. He's a young guy with a, with a family. I maybe, maybe there's something to that. I I don't know. Um, Either way. Yes. It's, it's weird. Um, I do think he's probably one of the best X's and O's coaches in the league. Um, and he was granted they didn't have a great season, but he, the Celtics have two of the best young talents in all the NBA. A couple players that are both what under 26, 27 years old. I mean, so Jason Tatum's like 20. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's a little weird to me, but uh, the question is now, I mean, I, I don't know what he's going to do in terms of finding his replacement. Um, yeah. I don't know that. Not only is it strange that he's Brad Stevens moving into a role that no one's really sure if he's qualified for, mm-hmm. but you're also taking one of the best head coaches out of that role. And then, so who do you replace that person with? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I haven't heard really any sort of rumors on this. Um, there's just a lot of, a lot of questions as to WTFs happening here. Um, good for Brad Stevens though. I mean, if he's going to find a new job and maybe he has success there. I mean, it's not like it's a totally uncommon thing. It's happened before where coaches have moved into those kind of roles and had success. 
It's also happened where they moved into those roles and were terrible at it. And it's also possible that he can do that for a few years and then decide, I want to coach again. Yeah. He's not old. He's a young guy when it comes to the world of head being a head coach. I mean, I, I don't know. I thought it was weird. Um, I wasn't expecting it, but. What about you know, uh, Jawan Howard? I have, I have heard that name. I have heard that name. I'm just scrolling through. Like, I mean, I certainly a couple think things. I certainly think he'd be a candidate. I don't, I mean, Juwan Howard, I Jason don't know if Kidd. he's a candidate. I've, I doubt it will be Jason Kidd, but. He just pulled his name out of the Trailblazers coaching job, which I thought might be a good fit for him with McCollum. I don't know. And, I just. Uh, Dame there. Jawan makes some sense. I don't think you hire somebody that's not a splashy move. Yeah. Like it just feels like this is going to be a splashy person. I saw Becky and Hammond's name. Becky Hammond would be a splashy person. Yeah. I'm I'd be all about that. It's only a matter um, of time before she gets a chance. Somewhere. I, I agree. I agree. We'll see. Um, that was uh, definitely a, a bombshell um, last week out of the NBA. Yep. Um, but you know, he's not coming back to Indiana. So I guess we can be, you know, happy that that's not happening. Um, we didn't really have it on our rundown, but should we talk about the NBA playoffs just a little bit here? Yeah, we can run um, it down real quick. Second round is set. Yeah, do you have that pulled up? I I, I didn't have it pulled up in time. So um a couple of the second round series have already started. Yeah, and I knew that. Uh, yeah, the eastern ones have started. Atlanta beat Philly bit well, it ended up being close. Um, but it was like a 20-point game the whole time. But Atlanta won game one over Philly. Brooklyn beat Milwaukee in game one, and then I think think tonight is the western conference no because the clippers just played last night yeah so, yeah it's milwaukee brooklyn tonight and then denver phoenix tips off it, it they start their series uh tonight as well and then utah and the clippers um have not started their series yet because the clippers just beat the mavs last night in game seven so utah clippers uh denver and phoenix in the west philly atlanta milwaukee and brooklyn in the east and uh the nets are going to be without uh, yeah. James Harden for probably from what from what i heard from what i did here probably the whole series yeah um which obviously is an ideal i mean they still have two superstars on the team um uh, maybe enough uh to get them you know into the next round past the bucks but um obviously before, they would like to have him i don't think i told you this before I became a Suns fan. You were a Bucks fan? No. Oh. Uh, it was like 2012, probably. Oh. It was right after the Nets moved to Brooklyn and mm. became the Brooklyn Nets. We yeah. went to Universal as a family, and they had a big NBA store. And I was standing there. I was like, all right, I'm going to pick my team. And I like they had a bunch of shirts and stuff. I was like, all right, I'm going to pick. And I picked the Nets. So I have a Brooklyn Nets shirt. Does that count? Yes. <laughs> yes did you do anything else with said team or no. did you just buy a shirt i bought a shirt and i tried to watch but then they like they sucked <laughs> i think darren williams might have been on the team at the time so yeah. i was like okay that makes sense you know illinois guy but um i was still not into the nba so yeah that's my brooklyn nets story Great. Well, Craig's, uh, it could be a finals of Craig's Brooklyn Nets and Craig's <laughs> Phoenix Suns. <laughs> um, we're still um, a ways away from that. So uh, yeah, that's where we are with, with that. Um, Jazz probably still the top team coming out of the West, but it could be your sons, Craig. Um, but yeah, so that's NBA, um, the Steven stuff. And then the, Playoffs where we stand. Um, I want to get into a little bit of baseball here before we sign off. Do we have um, to? Well, <laughs> I I do think we need to. <laughs> I know. I because. Agree. I agree. I mean, I don't want to. I, I'm not. I really wanted to like dwell on the fact that one of our teams got swept and one of our teams avoided getting swept. Barely. Uh, but that's not what I want to talk about. I just kind of want to talk about this, the state of the of the division um because i feel like there's still some uncertainty here um from a cubs standpoint i'll just start with the cubs um just because you know that was 
Jed Hoyer was on the radio this morning and was talking about, you know, money and no money and all the same stuff that we've been hearing as Cubs fans for the last year. Um, And it's annoying me. (laughs) It should. It's annoying me. It should. Um, I still don't really know what's going to happen in this division. Um, You know, going into it, I said it was going to be close. And here we are, June 7th, as recording. It, it's definitely close. Um, I don't know at the moment that there's a clear favorite. I think that, uh, I mean, the Brewers at the pitching staff stays healthy. That's probably enough to get you over the hump. But the Cardinals have struggled. Um, the Cubs have played well, but are in the middle of a brutal stretch um, where they just almost got swept in San Francisco. And now they head to San Diego to play the Padres who the Cubs did just sweep, but I don't expect that happen. That'll happen again. Um, If you were going to make a prediction, are either the Cardinals or the Cubs going to be quote unquote selling at the deadline? No, no. You think all three, all three of those teams will be in it because it's, it's quite possible that the, there won't be a wild card spot available for the division. So it's going to be three teams competing for one spot. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm I, don't, just, I don't think they'll sell. I don't, I definitely don't think the Cardinals are going to sell. And I, I don't think the Cubs are going to sell. The thing that uh, I saw today from the Cubs standpoint, um, they had a story on ESPN. I think it was Jesse Rogers was talking about it, but he had mentioned he'd thrown this out and I've kind of been thinking about it. The possibility that the Cubs could trade Craig Kimbrell who is having one of his best years in a long time, looking like Pete Kimbrell and still be considered and wanting to stay in contention. Yeah. Um, I've given that a lot of thought. I don't know how I feel about it still, Um, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to temper all of my expectations. The Cubs have played really well. Um, Former Cardinal great Patrick wisdom um, is ripping the tar off the baseball. Um, (laughs) <laughs> do you want to talk about your your tweet <laughs> how much time we got <laughs> i mean right let's talk about the cardinals how 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 are we feeling where where do you want me to start do you want me to start I'm with just, the subject that's on the rundown or just the cardinals in general well like we could talk about the subject that's on the rundown that's fine go ahead just lay it out there i hope the mlb is happy that one of their best National League pitchers injured himself, not on the mound, being one of the best pitchers in the league, but in the batter's box. Yeah. When are they going to learn their lesson? And, of course, it's pro- it's me being a salty Cardinals fan that our best pitcher got hurt while batting and not pitching. Like, if he hurts his oblique pitching, whatever, he's doing his job. But it's more fun to watch the pitchers hit. Yeah, if you're 80, if you're our grandparents, yeah. Like, I just, it's it's bad business. It's bad business. And who knows when he's going to come back. Uh, they, uh, What's the Cardinals manager's name? Schilt. Schilt says it's a significant injury. So probably after the All-Star break, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, I don't know. It's just, it's bad right now. There's no depth. The same stuff that I talked about at the beginning of the year when they were struggling, there's no depth. There's no depth. The top four, five now, because Tyler O'Neill is playing really well. The top five in the lineup are pretty scary. Edmund, Carlson, Goldschmidt, Arenado, O'Neill. But the bottom four and the pitching rotation is a bunch of AAA guys. There's, there's just no bench depth. There's no lineup depth. There's no pitching. I mean, that's due to injuries because you got Flaherty out. Uh, Dakota Hudson's out for the year with um, uh, Tommy John. Uh, Kim just went on the IL. Michaelis is on the IL. So four of four fifths, four fifths, is that right? Four of the five starters in the rotation. Four fifths are, works, yes. Are, are hurt. So, I mean, you can't that's not an excuse, but you gotta, you gotta build for that. You know, injuries happen. You gotta have some depth there. Um, 
it's just frustrating. And to go into my tweet, it's frustrating when you don't have depth and you're trading away guys like Adolis Garcia or Randy Arozarena or Patrick Wisdom or Randall Grichuk. Do you want me to keep going? <laughs> no. I mean, I, I for those it. that don't know what I'm talking about, go find it. me on Twitter at Craig W. Choate, June 5th. I will timestamp it. June 5th it, at 7.38 Central Time. I tweeted a lineup of players the Cardinals have traded or not re-signed, basically given away that they used to have that are having very successful seasons. And it's a full lineup. Catcher, second, catcher, first, second, short, third, seven outfielders, and six starting pitchers that the Cardinals have just now granted Carson every Kelly. Team, every team has that. Right, right. right. Also, every Carson Kelly and um, Luke Weaver were traded for Goldschmidt. Um, uh, Alcantara, Sierra were traded for Ozuna, who was great when he was in St. Louis. We'll not talk about him any more than that. I mean, a Rosarena was traded for like nothing. I think, I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's like the Cardinals are picking the wrong guys to keep and to get rid of. So you got to reevaluate your evaluation system. I don't know. I thought, and, and you just kind of said something there. Is it the same for the Cubs? Do you feel like there's a, a lineup of former Cubs out there that would make up a pretty good team? I mean, maybe, but I would still take most of the guys the Cubs have over most of those. Right. I mean, DJ LeMahieu is a big one, and Glaber Torres, Torres is a big one. Yeah. Eloy is a big one, although he's hurt. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, there's obviously big ones out there, but I mean, I would still take Rizzo, Baez, Bryant. Right. And see, that's Contreras over most anybody else that. So, uh, yes, I mean, I think most teams probably have that. Um, you were able to put together a pretty, pretty strong list. I mean, but I would still, if I were you, I'd rather have Arenado and Goldschmidt. And yeah, and those aren't the one, those aren't the ones that I'm talking about. I'm talking no, about I, I the Cardinals got rid of Randy Rosarena and Adolis Garcia and kept Lane Thomas and yeah, I don't. I think Justin Williams is a new addition, so I don't think him. Sometimes but. that's bad. That's bad management. Sometimes it's bad luck. Patrick yeah. Wisdom bounced around on a few teams um started the season in triple a for the cubs he's only up right now because the cubs have had a lot of injuries yeah i mean I, I see what you're saying but i think a lot of it too is patrick wisdom probably won't even be on the cubs playoff roster once they get to that point if they make the playoffs right. so right um i, I understand a, he had a great run with the cardinals he had great stats with the cardinals yeah he had like four home runs in 10 games well he's doing it again yeah um he was just named player of the week in fact so <laughs> Um, I just wanted to get you fired up about the Cardinals, um, uh, just because, uh, yeah, it's June. So what, what else are you going to get fired up about if it's not baseball? So I just, I just, the, the more I'm talking, the more I'm thinking that they're going to be sellers or they should be sellers because there's, they're not going to go out and get Scherzer. They're not going to go out and get Barrios. No. I could see yeah, the Cubs do it. I really could see the Cubs doing it. I don't think. The Cubs Scherzer, have maybe I don't think the Cubs don't have the pieces to trade for those guys. Um, I, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna give up the farm because they know, and this is what was mentioned. I think it was Jeff Passan. I wrote, I read, made a good point. Whoever it was, you know, in 2016, the Cubs went out and traded top prospects to get Robles Chapman because yeah. they were the best team in baseball and they had one glaring hole and they filled it. The Cubs are not the best team in baseball. The Cubs have right now a solid offensive core and a bullpen that's overperforming. Yeah. Um, they are not one piece away from being the best team in baseball. So even if they do make a run and make it to the playoffs, the, Cub, the Cubs still have to go through any combination of the Dodgers, the Padres, the Braves, Jacob deGrom. Like, I, I mean, I just... I don't think that they're going to sell the farm just to go out and get a Max Scherzer. Yeah. Um, if you're going to sell the farm, you better get somebody back that has a few years of control. Um, I don't think they're going to do They don't exactly have a top tier farm system to give up anyway. They have a few yeah. prospects. 
So I just, I don't see them doing that. I see them adding pieces that can help, um, you know, maybe strengthening the rotation, uh, strengthening the bullpen, you know, filling a, a hole that might come up for them. Um, right now the offense is, is, you know, they're doing what they need to do. Chris Bryant's back to full health and playing like he should and everybody else sitting around him. They've also had, you know, strong performances from role players like Matt Duffy and Patrick Wisdom and Jake Marisnik and these guys that were just brought in to be, you know, to be bench bats in depth and they're playing well in the absence of other players. So I don't know. Obviously it's June. Um, we still have a ways to go, but those topics are starting to pop up um, around baseball, you know, when it comes to buyers and sellers and everything else. So we'll see. Imagine if you had a guy like you, Darvish. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> you got me started. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. I, I mean, I get it. I got it then. They thought we're, we're sellers. Let's just get something for him. Okay, sure. But what you got back for him is a MLB-capable starting pitcher and then a bunch of teenagers who won't see Wrigley Field for five, six years. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. And now here you are, you know, and it's having a chance to win the division and you don't have an ace you don't have, I mean, Kyle Hendricks is an ace, but you, you need more and they don't have it. And yeah, that would have been nice. It would have been really nice to have you Darvish and Victor Caratini right now. Right. So you didn't than, just trade Darvish. You traded Darvish and Caratini. Yeah. yeah. Right now um, the Cubs don't really have a great option of backup catcher either. So granted, right, exactly. it's hurt, but I will say <sighs> I did purchase my first tickets to a sporting event post COVID. I, I saw that. Night. I saw that. Thanks for the invite. I, I bought four tickets. Oh, the you did. The decision has not been made yet. Oh, okay. Great. Um, so yeah, do July, I, do I July like, 10th. Do I have to like submit something to I am get accepting into applications? Oh, yeah. really? Uh, yeah, drawing is better, not applications. Mm, mm, yeah. Okay. Enter enter into the raffle. Okay. I will <laughs> July be 10th. sure to enter my name at Wrigley. Are you excited? I am. I, I'm a little nervous because of the full capacity thing. I'm not sure if I'm ready for that yet, but we'll see. I, I'm. I needed needed a little fix. <laughs> needed a, a professional sporting event fix. So I so I yeah. understand. I uh, last Friday. I went back to the ballpark that I used to work at for yeah. a, a few innings, um, mainly just because I wanted to just get out and see some things. It was a cold night. It was a rainy night. So I didn't really want to stick around that long, but it was just kind of nice to granted they're not at full capacity and it's not like it's Wrigley field or anything, but right. it was just kind of nice to get out and watch some, you know, some live sports again and um, see some people. So I, I can understand the excitement and the, hesitation i get yeah. that but uh hopefully within the next month you'll liven up a little bit or no not liven up um either way i'm excited for you i will be sure to send in my um <laughs> application uh for the drawing um to win win a ticket um good for you craig do you have anything else that you want to touch on this week? I have no idea how long we've been going, but I feel like we're probably um, nearing our time. I think it's almost been an hour. Not quite. Okay. We've got like almost 10 minutes, I think. Great. Well, what else should we talk about, Craig? What else happened in your, your world this week? You've got the rundown. It's your show this week. You also have the rundown. Um, so golf again. Oh, yeah um i just see that's your world see that's your world i'm struggling with what to make of this so okay. for those that don't watch golf and i don't even know if logan's familiar as to what happened this week i am not i'm not so it was the memorial tournament which is jack nicholas's tournament um and john rom do you know that name you might know that name i don't no oh, okay. I, I don't know the name that would not have been on the, the list i would have given you a <laughs> couple weeks ago he is um, one of the best – or sorry, I'm looking up the official World Golf Rankings. Um, one of the best golfers in the world right now, and he was proving it this week. He is number three in the world right now, and he was proving it at the Memorial. 
he was 18 under after three rounds, six shots clear of second. He had a six shot lead. He is leaving the green on the 18th on Saturday afternoon. It's the end of CBS's coverage window. So they're like signing off, I think. I wasn't watching. I was following on Twitter because I was um, I was busy um, Sunday or Saturday. It was like 536 walking o'clock a, Central Time. Walking a 5K? That was Sunday. Mm. <laughs> um, so CBS is following him as he leaves the green. And a gentleman with the PGA comes up to him. And you can just see Rom's face just go flush, flush flush just go white pale and he just slumps over and puts his hands on his knees because they just told him that he tested positive for covid on basically he was still on the 18th green they told him that in front of the cbs cameras in front of the spectators and he's like crying walking off the 18th green and even jim nance he's like like the the clips on twitter out there nance is like I'm not really sure what's happening here. Um, Seems to have just gotten some bad news. Like, okay, so let me start with my issues with it. One, why did you tell him there? Like, let him get into the scoring room or into the players' lounge and be like, hey, John, your test came back positive. And don't, like, to have him in front of the fans. So he was done. He was done with his round. He was okay. done with his third round. He was walking off the 18th green. Okay. And the guy with the PGA came up to him and his caddy. And someone on Twitter made a good point. So the dude that brought him the news had no trouble being within six feet of him, even patting him on the back. So there's an issue there. And I know I'm telling this story bass backwards, but this is just how my, how my brain is working. So what happened was he was told on Monday that he came in contact with someone who tested positive, but he had not tested positive yet. So as long as he was asymptomatic, he could play this week, which he did. And he was not showing any symptoms and he continues to not show any symptoms, but he tested positive after round two, I think on friday night and then they wanted to do another one and he tested again and those results came back while he was playing his third round on saturday so he had two positive tests to confirm it and so they made him withdraw um so i mean i'm just racking my brain here why not let him go play the course like by himself before everyone else tees off so he can finish the tournament because he was six shots ahead like let him and his caddy go out there with a score, a scorer, make sure he's not cheating and let him play the course as it would be on Sunday before everyone else, like keep him away. Golf. It's easy to social distance in golf. It was one of the first sports to come back for a reason because you're not around anyone. If you're playing because the fans are far away. I mean, it's you and your caddy, like that's it. So I don't know. I just don't think it was handled well. I think he could have finished the tournament. Also, they could have just gave him the win anyways because he was 18 under after three rounds and the winner was 13 under after four rounds. So they didn't even catch him. So I don't know. That's that's my golf soapbox. It was just a – pardon my French. We're going to get the explicit um, tag here. It was a shitty way to, to handle it. But that's where I'm at. I just – Yeah, I uh... – was not familiar with that story. Uh, for some reason, I had just missed that. Um, kind of sounds, I know this is kind of two different things, but similar to the Justin Turner situation. Granted, yeah. that wasn't an individual um, event, um, but that and that was several months ago when things were, you know, obviously, obviously a little more dangerous or high risk than they are now. Yeah. Uh, but that was, I mean, just kind of same type of, in the middle of the championship, yeah. you find out that you're positive and you have to stop. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. I and agree. again, like I said, I go back and forth because you know, you gotta, we're, we're not done. Like COVID's not over. Like we still need no. to be safe, but like the PGA tour official was standing right next to him 
Rom did not have a mask on at the time. PGA official did. And then when he left, he walked right through the fans to get to the locker room. Like it, it was just like, it was very mishandled. Like, yeah, no, if, I agree. if that happens, wait till he gets to the lock. I think that was my biggest issue. Wait till he gets to the locker room, tell him, then send out a release. Like just to see him hunch over like that and just break down. It, it was tough to see. So that's all no, I've got. We can I, move on. I agree. No, that's, no, that's probably a good place to end. Well, I guess I did. I have one other thing I want to talk about. Yep. Um, so there wasn't a big movie release that came out this week, so I don't have anything to talk about that. Um, but there was a, a Netflix special um, that did drop this week um, from Bo Burnham. You familiar with Bo Burnham? Yeah, I used to, I a liked his bit. stuff in college. I think it was. Yeah, little, well, that's, uh, like that's about ago. Bo Burnham is right around our age. Um, comedian, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, that did a lot of uh, music was was kind of his bit. Um, played the piano and wrote songs um, that were kind of like part of his stand-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he basically did a, uh, a, a comedy special um, that dropped on Netflix this week that he shot, edited, wrote, everything himself um during quarantine basically just locked in a house um just like the rest of us were looked like he was like in his guest house or something um that uh he he just did this whole thing it's like a 90 minute long you know combination of you know stand-up type stuff and music um it is a comedy special but i use that in air quotes a little bit because it's kind of dark too um you know you can tell he's obviously going through some some stuff just like a lot of us were i mean he wrote it over the course of um you know over the course of the pandemic where he he didn't leave and it's called bo burnham inside for a reason um because he he doesn't leave and that's kind of the whole the whole bit of this but um he said it took about six to seven months to do um over the course of you know that time but uh it's it's really good what i'm getting at is it's a it's a really good special if you're familiar with bo's work um in the past um i definitely recommend it it's uh it's 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 interesting um it's it's funny it'll definitely make make you laugh but it's not laugh out loud hysterical everything like you might be used to from from some of the stuff um but it's definitely good it's definitely worth checking out um that's on netflix just dropped this week from bo burnham bo burnham inside um I didn't really put this as a movie per se, like I normally would. Um, so I'm not going to give it a score. Say, just give it like a thumbs up. <laughs> oh, it definitely has a thumbs up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> definitely has a thumbs up. Um, I think I actually did give it a star on Letterboxd. I think I made it up. I think it did like a 4.5. Um, wow. It's it's good. I mean, it's it's good. But again, it's a comedy special. It's, but it feels more like a movie. Like just, and he did all of this himself. He did all the lighting. He did all the audio. Like, he had some producers that were involved after the after the fact mm-hmm. when it comes to putting it together because um, I, I wanted to watch the credits just to see like how many other people were actually involved in this process but yeah. it, the whole shooting it all that was him he wrote it he shot it he hmm. edited it he um, did the lighting and everything for it so definitely worth checking out if you're into his stuff um, that dropped this week so yeah um, next week there will be in the Heights comes out next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty excited about that. Um, that's Lin-Manuel Miranda's, um, maybe the first show he ever put together. Uh, he's not in it. He's a producer on it. Um, obviously he wrote it, but that drops on HBO Max this week um, in theaters as well. So looking forward to checking that out, hopefully this weekend. Uh, so we can talk about that next week. Uh, other than that, I think, I think I'm, I think I'm good. Did we, yeah. did we get to everything? Is there anything else you, we need to talk about? I watched Hamilton again this week. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you it's, think? It, oh yeah. You did. Yeah. You, I was texting you talking you about, about that. It's yeah, yeah, just yeah. like, it's a masterpiece, it's, man. It is. We listened we could to the spend soundtrack. A, we could spend a whole episode talk, just talking about Hamilton. Our last like, trip back to Oakwood. We listened to the soundtrack the whole way back. Uh, and it's, there's not it, a bad moment. No, it holds up. It holds up really well. Uh, love Hamilton. Definitely excited about in the Heights. Yeah um that's i've already heard really good things about that oh i think uh, i've got access to hbo max so that we might be able to talk about it next week because that's i might have watched it well i will be traveling back home for a wedding this weekend so i'm hoping that i can get to see it thursday night maybe um but if not we'll have to see when i get to it um also uh loki loki starts this week on disney plus um the uh 
the show of the um, Thor character, Thor's brother from the MCU. Um, he gets his own show on Disney Plus that drops. They're doing Wednesday releases, I guess, um, for this one. So not going to be on Friday. That'll be on that'll be on on Hump Day. Um, so definitely uh, looking forward to that. I've also heard some really great things about that show as well. So yeah, a lot going on in that world, and we'll have more to talk about with that stuff next week. So um, last check. 24 how are we doing on 24 we're through season two yeah into season three i think i finally met chloe which is what i was referencing the last time i didn't realize she wasn't in the first two seasons i guess i had forgotten all about that yeah this Um, uh early season three is a little bit slow i'm not i'm not latching on like i had the first two seasons season two got a lot better at the end i said last week that season two was also starting off slow but it got a lot better um, this one is kind of timely because it's the uh, virus that is. Oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. So you're really a, gonna make me want to go back and watch so, this show again. So yeah, it's uh, Jack Bauer is addicted to heroin, and it's uh, there's a lot of turns, but it's been good. It, it's a good thing to for me to watch during the day when I'm working and and whatnot around the house. Did you ever watch Dexter? Yes. That's coming Love back. Love Dexter. It's coming and back. And I'm not I sure have how to I feel decide about it. if I want to go back and rewatch it again before the new That's not a bad season idea. or whatever they're calling it comes out. Yeah. I think it's streaming somewhere. Um, it used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it is or not. Anymore. I don't know if it is. I think it's on Prime now, I think. Um, either way, anyway, we've been going on for way too long. Yeah. Uh, this has been No One Asks Us, the show where Craig and I talk about a lot of nothing and <laughs> something at the same time. Uh, you can find us on social media at the Logan Lee at Craig W. Choate. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at No One Asks Us Pod. All that information will also be in our description as well. Craig, it's been a pleasure. I hope that you have a fantastic week and uh, maybe we'll have important things to talk about next week. Um, let's get us an maybe, assistant coach. Let's get us an assistant coach. <laughs> um, Craig has not heard back about his application for the job. You don't uh, know that. I Okay. I shouldn't <laughs> say that. I don't know that Craig hasn't heard back about his application to be the assistant coach for Illinois basketball, but I'm going to guess that he hasn't. Um, I think that's going to do it for us. For Craig Show, yep. I'm Logan Lee. We'll see you guys next week.